said they were thinking of getting a tattoo of my face that says Paul Rocks. (laughs) 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 R-O-X. Welcome back to Sunday Scripture from All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Today we're reflecting on the readings for the third Sunday of Lent, which is on March 7th, 2021. Uh, Every week we'll be getting together as a ministry team and reflecting on the meaning and impact of the upcoming Sunday Mass readings. Those readings can always be found by going to usccb.org and clicking Daily Readings and finding the proper Sunday. Uh, Please make sure that you go ahead at this point and subscribe to our channel wherever it is that you're listening to us. And we'll go ahead and dive into the readings for today. The first reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. You shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above, or on the earth below, or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me, down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. No work may be done then either by you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave or your beast, or by the alien who lives with you. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land, which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, nor anything else that belongs to him. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 19. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true all of them just. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. 
They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life. And our second reading comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Jews demand signs and Greeks looks, look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified. And stumbling, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, Jews and Greeks alike, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And our gospel comes from the Gospel of John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area, with the sheep and oxen and the spilled coins of the money changers, and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here, and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them and said, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture of the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name. When they saw the signs he was doing, but Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all, and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. So go ahead and take a minute to reflect on these readings with whoever you're with or by yourself. Uh, think about what sticks out to you, what questions you have, what things seem interesting. And take a minute to do that. We as a team have already had some time to do that, so we're going to go ahead and reflect on these readings now. I think something that sticks out to me the most comes from the first reading. Um, the whole, there's such a large section dedicated to keeping the Holy Day Sabbath, which is something that I always struggle with a lot because so much for me it's like Friday comes and it's like, oh yeah, it's the weekend, and then my second job I work most Saturdays so I'm like okay weekend's done now I got to prepare for the work I got to do on Sunday and then I'm working all day Sunday and by that point like it's Wednesday and the week is gone like weekends are starting to feel just like long lunch breaks at this point like they're kind of non-existent um but yeah just the fact that there's such a big portion of this reading that is dedicated to the fact that there was rest on this seventh day and it's so emphasized for everyone involved but it's so hard to remember I mean you know we we so much think that our time is our own and we can do whatever we can with it it's almost infinite to us as long as we um, keep it flexible to our own will and that includes you know those Sundays where it can just be another day of work because we have the time and we can use it for what we need but it's so hard to remember that we're literally called to keep that as the holy day, the Sabbath day. And, you know, you go to Mass and you go to lunch and stuff, but, I mean, typically, I mean, I go to lunch like every Sunday after Mass. That's just a problem I have. But 
it. <laughs> then immediately after that, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to prepare for Monday? Or what do I need to do to prepare to prepare for the rest of the week? Just immediately going to the next thing. Like, I barely, I can't think of a time on a Sunday where I really just take time to, like, even reflect on, like, the homily or, like, really reflect on the readings after I had just heard them and after I had just received, you know, the sacrament of the Eucharist. So it's just a good reminder that this isn't just something we can do on a Sunday and it's not just really something that's optional for us, but it's something like we're truly called to do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, and I think a couple weeks ago we were talking with some of the kids at the school about um, actually the third commandment in particular, but we kind of looked at all of them. We were saying that, um, you know, the, there's these 10 commandments and they kind of show, they show this baseline. They show this, this line that cuts off, it's like below this, if you're, if you're living below this line, you're separated from God. As long as you're above this line, you're okay. Um, and that's, you know, that's true. That's that's really a lot of how this works. It's why a lot of the Ten Commandments are, you know, you shall not. Uh, you know, as long as you don't cross this line, you're you're okay. Um, but as the Psalm says, and it, we don't, it's not our gospel for today, but it's um, you know, we, we have the Beatitudes, and we have other things like the way that Jesus acts in today's gospel remind us that. There is that baseline, but it all points even higher. Um, it's not about just avoiding the stuff that's absolutely wrong, but doing as much as we can that is good, uh, becoming the best we can be and doing the best we can do. That's why this the Psalms. Lord, you have the words of everlasting life, um, where Jesus says, you know, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, the poor in spirit, um, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are things that don't have like, an, there's no limit at the top. There's no line up there. It's just how far, how close can we get to God? You know, we can, there's always more we can do to be Christ to others and to uh, allow Christ to work in our lives. And so are we, are we just doing the bare minimum? Are we just, like you said, going to Mass or are we really spending more of that day and more of our time with God? Or are we, you know, are we just being okay by not stealing and you know, not coveting and all of those things, or are we actually doing what Christ did and going beyond that and helping others and being there for others um, in those in those places and giving to others? So something to think about that um, that Jesus not when he says he comes to fulfill the law, that's part of what he means is that he's showing where it's all been pointing to all along, not just where it's pointing away from, but where it's really pointing to and how we can get there. I think in looking at doing the bare minimum, which we shouldn't try to do, um, but if you kind of look at that from a different angle, um, like if the bare minimum is like, if we really truly are convicted, like with this responsorial psalm of Lord, you have the words of everlasting life, like, if we really believe that at a bare minimum, why are we not clinging more than we do to the words of everlasting life um, at a bare minimum? And then, like, our life building off of that. Um, and I know we all believe that, but I don't often live that way. Um, and so, like, taking more time on the Sabbath of and any every other day of the week especially during the season of Lent, to break open the word and to 
while we often work on Sundays because in ministry that's what we do and um, for religious education classes and, and confirmation and youth ministry um, but f- while you know we're working that day finding another day to um, honor it in a sense of the Sabbath and um, not doing unnecessary work because um, I feel like I constantly play a game of catch up in my life of you know laundry and housework and and it's like, hold on, slow down. But how can, you know, it be honored as a day of the Sabbath? And, me- and maybe that's something that you have to do in your own life as well. And I think the, I think it's interesting that we have the Ten Commandments, and a lot of times we think of the Ten Commandments as these strict set of rules that we have to follow as Christians. Um, and I think that this is something that the the is people of Israel they they wanted when they were coming out of Exodus they were they were or sorry when they were coming Exodus out of Egypt they're coming out of Egypt and they're looking for guidance and looking for words and they're looking for signs right like Paul talks about that the Jews look for the signs and they're looking for this sign that God hasn't forgotten about them and that God they're still God's chosen people and God I think I think this is a, like a love letter that God is giving to his people. It's not something that is so much like this set of rules in order to be like this strict, almighty, powerful, crazy guy in the sky kind of thing. I think it's God saying, look, you you need to understand that this is who I am. I'm telling you who I am. Like, I'm your God. I created all these things. Stop trying to find other gods stop looking in other places for these things i'm right here you know and this is how you serve me this is how you love me and this is how you treat others around you to show me that you love me um so i think it gets i think it gets a bad rap a lot of times when we think of the ten commandments we all think you know this is terrible and um but i think it's it's god's way of telling his people like this is how you show me love. The same way that like anyone who's in a relationship, um, whether it's a loving relationship between parents or friends, or there are right ways and wrong ways to treat me in that relationship and how I feel loved by you. Um, and this is how I hope you would treat other people. Um, so I think that's really important. And then I also, I think in the second reading where... Um, Paul is talking about Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, uh, but those who are called understand who Christ was and what what he came to do and see that wisdom and see that strength. Um, And then we see that come to life in the gospel as well. Um, I kind of like angry Jesus. Like, I like righteous anger Jesus. I'm, I'm tired of the rainbows and butterflies that we always put around Jesus and everything. Yes, like, he was happy. And I, I think of the picture of, like, smiling Jesus and, or laughing Jesus, I think is what it's called. And it's like, yeah, I believe that's who he was. But I also believe this is who he was. Like, he was somebody that deeply cared for what was right and what was good and was not afraid to speak up with those things. And I think we forget who this Jesus was. I don't remember who it was that said it one time. Um, 20 some odd years ago probably when, when we were all starting or when I was all starting all this out but somebody said they would have never crucified Mr. Rogers they purposely crucified Jesus it wasn't because he was nice 
It wasn't because they were mad at how nice he was. It was because of this. It was because he would go into the temple and he would overturn everything and he would tell people exactly how wrong they were treating what was supposed to be the most sacred. Because here we have this example of these people who, again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago or in the podcast, I don't remember, it kind of all runs together sometimes. Um, But the whole idea is that the Pharisees and Sadducees were put in charge of this and look at what they did. They ended up making a mockery of it. And so Jesus goes in and he overturns all of these things. Um, and I think that I think that's something that we forget about sometimes. I think we, we rest on the fact that God is merciful and we forget that God is just. Or we rest on the fact that like Jesus died for our sins, so it's okay for me to keep doing all of those things because he died for me. Instead of looking at it and saying, he died for me, I need to do a better job of paying attention to all these things. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be extra burden on what happened that day, um, and I think we, I think we lose sight of that sometimes, um, and it, it makes me sad to hear the words Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them, and he did not need anyone to testify about human nature because he understood it so well. Like that we are so broken and so untrustworthy and just not worthy of his love and yet he continues to love thanks so much for joining us this week on sunday scripture we hope that you enjoyed this and got something out of it Uh, please join us again next week as we'll be talking about the fourth week in lent and uh, we will this part i didn't figure out Uh, we will talk at you next week we will speak at your faces we will be with you virtually with our there's no no you will hear our I don't know. Okay, bye.